Yo. Welcome back, creeps. What up? Hello, everybody. How is everybody? This feels really awkward now or something. I love it. How was your week, Dulce? How was my week? Ooh, I bought a new game. It's called Frog Detective. Um, it's freaking adorable. So far, it's very charming. I recommend it. There's three cases to solve in the game. I got it on sale for like 15 bucks, uh, but regular price is not ridiculous. It's like 20 bucks. So I think it's worth it so far. Um, but if I change my opinion, I will tell you. Uh, but otherwise, because um, I was, I really needed a break from trying to get through Kirby. You still playing that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, like, I'm only halfway done. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I... There's, like, little, like, side quests that you could do. And one of them has, like, a difficulty of, like, three stars out of five. And it's fucking hard. <laughs> I can't get through it. I had to quit. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm not a good gamer, so... I understand. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And I think that's partly why the reason I gravitate towards games like uh, Coffee Talk and like Frog Detective. Because you're literally a frog who is solving crime. Yeah, you're a charming little frog that is just interviewing like strange little characters like uh, a koala that is hiding in the ocean. Like, he's just swimming around in the ocean because he doesn't want to be on the island because there's ghosts on the island. Fair. The dialogue is really cute because, like, the frog is like, are your feet wrinkly? And the koala is like, ew, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's super cute. Oh, uh, and then Dia de los Muertos just passed up, so I was busy making up my altar, which I intend to yeah. leave throughout the year. Um, so that was... That was a thing. And then um, what else? We went to Crosby. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into that. But we did. We also went to see like the new Exorcist movie on Saturday. Oh, yeah, we did. And it was kind of lame, but it was, <laughs> it was a really bad movie, honestly. Uh, it was kind of lame. It was like I've got nothing against Marvel movies. Marvel movies. Yeah, I was just going to say like the Exorcist. I've got nothing against Marvel movies. I don't watch them personally. I've never really seen one. But The Exorcist felt like one of those. Oh, interesting. Yeah, to me, it was just like, how can we milk this yeah. as much as possible? And like, it wasn't even scary or anything. Like, that's what we were saying. It felt more like a like an action type of movie. Yeah, kind of like, like, like The Fast weird. and the Furious. Like, how many can yeah. we shell out before? I think, like, I think there's inside jokes inside, like, movie making production companies where it's like let's see let's keep making these movies until we don't make any money out of it yeah and then we'll stop so anyways um i also finished reading a book called atomic habits by james clear i think his name is jimmy clear james clear yeah wow i'm surprised i remembered his name it's basically how to like make small tiny minuscule atomic uh, changes in your life and it also breaks down why bad habits are so easy to maintain and develop and then why good habits are the opposite hmm. um, and also gets into like the way in our the way our brain is wired also like how like 
we've evolved. Like some some parts of us haven't evolved. Yeah. Uh, like um, wanting immediate, you know, caloric intake. You know, like we're hungry, so we want it now. But unfortunately, there's a lot of like ready immediately food now, like fast food that are high in calories. So it's like you know, it's like those kind of things. That's just a very very minuscule example of like the grander scheme of the book. Um, I don't want to trivialize it because it has a lot of really good information and I can see myself reading it uh, over and over again. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Have you got a card for us? I do. The card today is The Fool. Uh, upside. The message for today is allow your inner spirit to shine today. We've gotten The Fool card uh, before. The Fool card is always a good one. Um, it's basically like, you know, you're optimistic about the future because you have no, you're optimistic because you don't know, like you, you just expect the best coming around the corner. You're not expecting like fucking disaster, you know? So which, what, so which is a good thing because once you're optimistic, you're feeling good about something and you lean into something that makes you happy, those naturally raise your vibrations and attract uh, things that match those high vibrations, which are other positive things. So again, uh, going back to the card, I kind of just went on a little tangent there. But the message of today is, allow your inner spirit to shine today. Who would you wish to be if you weren't limited by the expectations of yourself and others? Although those, although those expectations may feel real, they're actually only a tiny fragment of the possibilities available to you. So go ahead, be silly, express yourself, have fun, be who you want to be. So there you go. Nice. I just realized as I'm sitting here staring at myself in the camera that I look like this guy <laughs> from Little Britain. <laughs> look up, look up Don from Fan Phantasmagoria. That's who you look like. That's a bit better, I suppose. <laughs> so before we get started on our story this week, we have a an affiliate link. This bitchin' T-shirt that I'm wearing. Hang on. That's right, this Mothman t-shirt that fits that fits really well, honestly. It's like really comfortable and like good quality. It's from 16% Nation. That's what I was doing over here on my phone or on the computer because I was trying to pull up the um, the email that we had. So he's offering, you know, David from 16% Nation is offering a trackable code free creep. It's all in capitals. I'm sure that doesn't matter. But yeah, free creep, all one word, um, exclusively for our listeners. And that will grant free shipping on your orders. I thought there was a limit on that, but I don't think there is. I think you just automatically get free shipping, which is pretty cool. Um, they do these like plushies and stuff as well. We haven't got ours just yet. We just got the T-shirt. But they do cryptid plushies and they look really cool, honestly. Um, so we can't attest to the quality of the actual plushies yet mm -hmm. but we've seen like some of our online friends that we've made through doing this are also affiliates of 16 percent nation um and they look really cool yeah i can't wait for my pants monster the uh dulce calls it the pants monster it's the fresno fresno nightcrawler <laughs> and we got like the little mini mothman um plushie as well but yeah so full transparency if you use our the link in the show notes and use the code free creep. We will make a little bit of money off it. Um, but 
they don't charge you extra for doing that or anything. So we're just promoting the company because they seem really cool. Honestly, yeah. I'd reached out to them months ago to try and I didn't actually want to become an affiliate. I just wanted to get a link to promote, uh, to promote it. Yeah, because I thought that they looked cool. Uh, but I guess he like didn't understand why I would want to do that. So now <laughs> uh, I was it's like, just why like, do you want to do that with no kickback? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I've I've been very transparent with him as well, saying like, I don't want to promote crap that our listeners aren't going to get. I'm going to like. Um, so, so far, the shirt's great. So yeah. we can vouch for the shirt. I really and like it. We'll let you know what we think of the, about the plushies. Uh We'll probably we, do like a little unboxing or something. Yeah. That. And if we think they're good quality and, you know, I'll try to beat my pants monster up a little bit <laughs> just to test out the durability. Um, but if if it gets my seal of approval and you it gets yours, then we'll promote yeah. those. But for now, like the shirts are really good. Yeah, honestly, really cool. So, yeah, don't forget to use the code free creep. All one word. Mm -hmm. F-R-E-E-C-R-E-E-P. And you'll get free shipping, which honestly, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not. The shipping has stopped me from buying certain yeah, things. Yeah, it's past. really stupid. <laughs> it's yeah. a stupid thing I do too, where it's like, okay, I'm about, I'm about to spend like, you know, like fifty bucks on something, yeah. but I don't want to shell out fifty extra, like five extra dollars for shipping or some bullshit. Yeah, because like we're so used to like, it's so oh, dumb. I can just get it on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all. Christmas is coming up, so I'm sure you all no weirdos or are the weirdos who wants I, a pants monster in your life yeah they have like sasquatches and all like yeah i think they look really cool so that's our news um but yeah so our story this week started out a little bit different than usual i was trawling through reddit one evening a few weeks ago looking for some cool stories and i stumbled upon this one from reddit user elegant underscore ad underscore two six zero three and the story is titled houses on the graveyard so straight away i was like Okay, I'm listening. And it begins, in Texas, there is a suburb that is just outside of Houston that was built in the 70s over an 1800s graveyard. And to be 100% honest, it was actually the update that I saw first, but for the sake of this, we're starting at the beginning. He goes on, they pretty much removed the gravestones, but they didn't move the bodies. So as time passes and the community gets bigger, they keep finding graves. The most recent graves that were found was about two or three years ago. And if you go into the forest heading to the lake, you may find a gravestone or two. We didn't. This is a story of a few of the experiences I've had since living here. And FYI, this will be a lengthy post. I had no knowledge of this when I bought my first home in 2019 in this community. We were so excited and I don't know if the real estate agent knew the history of the land or not, so it wasn't mentioned to us. We actually lived there a full year before we started having our first experiences. When my wife got pregnant in 2020, we were so excited. It was our first baby, and so we were outfitting my baby's nursery. On this particular day, I was just about to build the crib. I had just picked up the heavy box from inside the garage. I went to open the door while struggling to reach for the door handle. Suddenly the door flew open out of my hands, and due to this, I was expecting to see my wife on the other side but she wasn't there. <coughs> Sorry, it has coconut bits on it. So he was expecting to see his wife on the other side of the door, but she wasn't there. She was in the nursery. What made this even more weird 
is that the door was a heavy door, one that would close under its own weight, and it wasn't a windy day. At this time I thought it was strange, but really thought nothing of it. The second experience we had in the house actually involves my wife. I was taking a shower and relaxing after a hard day's work. She had gone into the kitchen and started to cook dinner as I showered. She suddenly burst into the bathroom and she claimed that she saw a shadow heading to the nursery and assumed it was me. She said she started talking and thought it was odd that I didn't reply and looked over and saw that there was no one there. We would have things move from time to time but thought we were both forgetful and had moved them but both of us never remembered moving the item. It wasn't until I bought a second house in the same community and go to rent out the first house that I learned the history of the community. A guy looking at the house told me what he knew of the graveyard and after the conversation with him I became curious and started researching, even finding a Unsolved Mysteries episode about the community and the experiences the first people of the community had as well as of all the lawsuits that happened. Skipping to the next house, activity started immediately. At this point in time I have a six month old and a toddler. My wife, myself and the toddler were in the living room, my newborn was sleeping in the master. Suddenly, and with me and my wife both present to see it, a playpen ball flew out of our master and hit the wall. We both tried to figure out how that could have happened. We looked at the air conditioning, if a toy was nearby could it have launched the ball? Nothing. We couldn't explain how the ball was thrown that hard against the wall. The weirdest thing that happens, happens at 3am without fail. My two year old daughter, who is autistic, wakes and wants to sleep with us. Sometimes she seems like she's scared, sometimes she seems like she's normal. Now, I don't know if this is learned behaviour or something more, but I feel like it's worth noting. Time and time again, we think we see shadows and dark masses. My wife says she feels uncomfortable in the kitchen. I feel like I see things out of the corner of my eye. Now to be forward, I won't call this paranormal because it could be my own paranoia and makes me question if the small things I see are just in my head. And if this really is what we speculate, it doesn't seem malicious, which is always good. And then in the comments, someone had guessed the neighborhood, like, I'm talking like there was like maybe five or six comments and they were like, is this blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh shit, this is like legit. I, I have to look this up. And in their update, do you want to read their update? Okay. And so this is part two of this story. This is the one that I actually saw originally. So last time I ended my post, I thought I was seeing things, but it could have been my own imagination. I was unsure. We had told a few friends, but no one would believe us. And I also finally told my wife. My what wife. I, my wife. <laughs> my God, I was sorry. thinking the same sorry. thing. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> God damn it. Who was we, it? We actually it? are taking the, yeah. <laughs> we do take the story seriously, though. Oh, I just fucking can't. I can never read my wife my without wife. thinking that. Yeah, I know. Me God, too. I used to, like... Oh God, I used to have to read, read things out loud and I'd say that and I'd fucking say it in that stupid fucking <laughs> Borat voice. Oh God, I'm an idiot. Anyways, so okay, okay. <laughs> we had told a few friends, but no one would believe us. And I also finally told my wife what I had noticed in my daughter's room, but wasn't sure if I wasn't influenced by my own paranoia. Well, two events happened since my last post. First off, we have two dogs. Congratulations. 
They've never randomly barked or responded to anything, so that's what confuses me on these experiences. As I said in my last post, my daughter, without fail, will hop into our bed at about 3 a.m. plus or minus 30 minutes. Like I said in the past, I'm not sure if it's a learned behavior, but thought it was worth noting. Well, the other night, I was outside with my daughter talking with my sister. Suddenly, my wife burst outside with my son in hand. In a scared tone, she said she heard one of my son's toys go off. She heard the toy and looked up and saw a black mass fly across the door of my daughter's room. It matches up with what I've been seeing. My only fear is since I told her what I'd been seeing, she may be influenced by it. The mind works in mysterious ways. The second experience was late at night. I walked into the kitchen and I feel like I'm being watched. What's weird about this house is no matter what we see, we may feel a little uncomfortable, but we never feel threatened by whatever is here. Even my wife, who jumps at the sight of her own shadow, says she doesn't feel threatened. Anyways, I walk into the kitchen and I see what looks like a shape of a head behind the side of the fridge. It disappeared as soon as I saw it. Like I said, the dogs have never barked and we have never felt threatened. I don't know what to think about all this, but I'll update as more happens. So, like straight off the bat, yeah, that is actually weird. I think I had forgotten about the dogs not acting or reacting rather. So yeah, it is like a common thing for dogs to, they're supposed to react to stuff like this. So I do think it's interesting that he's saying that. The daughter coming in at 3 a.m. Personally, I don't really believe the, the whole 3 a.m. thing. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. But based on like my experience from my little sister, who was actually a freak. No offense, <laughs> Roshan. Um, like she, she knows. Yeah, <laughs> She'll be like, fair. <laughs> yeah. She did have some like interesting uh, spooky stuff going on as a child. But like she would just wake up and really have to pee. Like that was her thing. And it was a fairly consistent time and stuff like that. And I also appreciate what he's saying about like, well, I'm going to have to tell my wife this. So now is she expecting to see this? But then there's like the whole swings and roundabouts thing with paranormal activity. Like if that is what you're expecting to see mm-hmm. and you see it, that doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like maybe the thing is materializing in a way that you can comprehend, even if it makes you scared. I don't know. This It's really... This theory that I have is like really hard for me to put into words, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what I quite like about this person's account is how skeptical they are. I personally do believe that this family are experiencing something. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, maybe some of it is being influenced by their own paranoia. But this goes back to all the other cases that we've covered, like the like classic poltergeist cases that we haven't done in a long time now, actually. But you know, it's always a way like something tries to separate the family as well, whether it's an actual entity or it's just that one person believes it and one person doesn't. And there's so much paranoia that comes from witnessing stuff and then doubting yourself. Yeah, that's true. So it is like a vicious circle. Like, yeah. And also, I, I thought it was interesting that they hadn't experienced anything until a baby was in the like in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, that is. And then like that could go if. The poltergeist activity or phenomena, or whatever, is hormone based. It could be from like post postpartum. Is that the word? Yeah, just yeah. manifested emotions. Yeah, basically, you know what I mean. Or like yeah. just 
just the general stress of having a new child. Yeah, you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. But like I said, people in the comments seem to know the story. And it really wasn't hard that that hard to find because it was one of the stories in an Unsolved Mysteries episode. It was season 12, episode seven. There was also a book written about it in 1991 and a TV movie called Grave Secrets. A lot of people say that this is the case that actually inspired Poltergeist. But I think Poltergeist, a lot of the stuff was happening as Poltergeist was released. So I don't think that that's the case. Mm. Um, I've not read the book or watched this movie, but I did watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode, which I found for free on YouTube. But I know that other people had to pay for it. Um because Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories also covered this case and she had to pay for it. That's how I know. So if you're in America, you can watch Unsolved Mysteries for free as far as I know. But let's start at the beginning. Humphrey Jackson immigrated to the States in 1808 from Belfast, Ireland. He was from a wealthy family by the sounds of things. Um, his dad was a member of an Irish parliament. Um, I'm not going into all that, but it wasn't the current Irish part like it before Ireland was a republic. Uh, he owned flour and linen mills, so he obviously had money. Humphrey was a well-educated man, and he initially settled in Louisiana, where he operated a sugar plantation. But his plantation actually failed because he chose not to own slaves. Now, I don't know whether this was like a moral choice or a monetary choice, because last podcast on the left are currently covering the horrific story of Madame LaLaurie, which I'm sure we'll do eventually. Um... But through listening to that, I learned that the average cost of owning a slave at the time was around $25,000 in today's money. So for a lot of these horrible people, it was a status symbol. It was like, well, I've got six, oh, I see. you know, slaves. Yeah. And then people would go, oh, my God, did you see how many? Mm. So I don't know if Humphrey was just a nice guy. Or if he just couldn't afford he it. just couldn't afford it. Yeah. yeah. Humphrey was a member of the Stephen F. Austin's Old 300. Austin's father had been given a plan by the King of Spain to colonize Texas with mostly well-to-do and somewhat educated families. Like the idea was to have everybody there who could like read and write and stuff like that. Um, most of these sites were over 4,000 acres each and all along the San Jacinto River. And Jackson's land was pretty much where the town of Crosby sprung up. He seems to be accredited with being the reason why Crosby is even there. Now, he was killed on January 18th, 1833, when a tree landed on him. And this was three years before Texas became an independent republic from Mexico, and 12 years before Texas was officially absorbed into the United States of America. So this place has history, you know. At some point after the Civil War, I couldn't find the exact dates, but a guy named Mercer McKinney came to own a plantation on the northwest side of Crosby, and this chap did have slaves. He had three lads and two girls. And when slavery was officially abolished in Texas on June 19th, 1865, McKinney gave his ex-slaves some of his land. Uh, we think it wasn't out of the goodness of his own heart, but I did read about redistribution of plantation land and stuff like that. But then there was also a lot of loopholes. I don't know. But either way, these guys ended up living on the land. And this land ended up becoming known as Black Hope. Now, I don't know if that was ever an official listed name, but soon the few people who were living there grew into a small community. And eventually there were several homes, a school, a church, and even a cemetery. 
The community was eventually destroyed because of a fire. And most, if not all, of the displaced residents made their way to Barrett Station, which is just down the road. Remember we saw? Yeah, across the freeway. Yeah, so it's literally just a short walk away. And Barrett Station, known today as just Barrett, Texas, a freedman's settlement was established in 1875 and was named after a chap called Harrison Barrett, better known as Uncle Harrison. Barrett is today still a predominantly African-American community who are extremely active in keeping their history alive. It's actually very cool what they're doing up there. I like went, I was like going all through their website, reading what they get up to and all. It's, it's cool. And that Uncle Harrison guy sounded like a really nice guy. Anyway, when everyone left the Black Hope area, things kind of just went by the wayside in terms of the cemetery. I think it turned into a bit of a ghost town, um, except people were still being buried there, I guess because it was cheap. I don't know if they had to pay anything, to be honest. In fact, the last burial in Black Hope Cemetery took place in 1939, but it had never been officially registered with Harris County for one reason or another. It was literally an admin thing. And so it was just forgotten about by almost everyone. And I read that there was a total of around 60 graves on the site. But again, I've no way to confirm that. The grave markers weren't made of stone or marble either. Uh, they were typically just simple wooden crosses or like it would have just been a rock on the place to mark it. Or even like in some cases, just the trees that were nearby would be marked like like gouged with a knife or whatever. These like wooden crosses and stuff wouldn't stand a chance against the elements, especially here in Texas. Like, for example, on Sunday when we went to Crosby to check this place out, there'll be a video on Patreon. It's actually already uploaded before we've even recorded this. Um, but yeah, it was around 90 degrees Fahrenheit on Sunday or about 30 something degrees Celsius. And then the very next day it was like 50 Fahrenheit or 10 Celsius. So like that's even without rain or wind or anything. So it's not surprising that these graves just kind of vanished basically on the on the site. Uh, the people who didn't forget about the cemetery were the people who had buried their families there. But over the years, they moved on or passed on themselves and became fewer and fewer. And eventually the land was sold to Purcell Company property developers in the 70s. And guess what? They built a bunch of houses. They built a bunch of houses over Black Hope Cemetery. Now, I don't know that the company ever really denied it, but this is a quote from a court case in 1989. During construction, Al Summerlin, Purcell's field, Purcell's field superintendent, was informed by an unidentified person that at least one human grave existed on the land. Summerlin examined the alleged gravesite and observed a short fence around it, as well as a stick with a cross. Because Summerlin, quote, didn't know whether a dog was buried there or anything, he told the tractor man to take, to take it all out. Thereafter, the debris was hauled off and dumped. Like, this seems like a fairly heartless thing on the superintendent's part, because it is. Um, but in construction, typically, if you find human remains, you must stop everything call the police, the coroner, and then they will determine how long the remains have been there and whether or not they need to investigate. If the remains aren't of a, aren't of a suspicious nature and are older than 100 years, they could potentially be of archaeological importance, which could end up suspending construction indefinitely, which could mean hundreds of people out of a job. So while I don't agree with what the dude did, I get it. You know what I mean? I guess. 
<laughs> the next section is mostly from the Unsolved Mysteries episode itself. But I do still recommend going to watch it because, you know, they interview the real experiences and whatnot. And it's Unsolved Mysteries. Like, you can't, you can't go wrong. Like, the first people to move into the new subdivision were Ben and Jean Williams and their granddaughter Carly. And while I don't have much of a timeline for what they experienced, Jean says that she always had a sense of foreboding from the time they moved in. She also couldn't manage to get any flowers to grow in her garden, no matter how much they took care of them. This is like small potatoes kind of stuff, you know? Mm, and she couldn't even keep she those. couldn't even keep those. Uh, two apparently coffin-shaped dips in the soil near an oak tree in their back garden kept appearing too, no matter how often they filled them in. Whoa. Yeah. The tree was also marked with an arrow pointing down and two slash marks near the bottom. An elderly local confirmed their fears when he told them that he had actually made the marks to show where his two sisters had been buried. Whoa. Yeah. From what I can make out, there was no activity, or at least it went unnoticed until they learned about the graves. Um, but from that point on, they experienced a whole slew of possibly paranormal occurrences. They saw random shadows moving quickly along the walls, objects moving, audible footsteps, the electric garage door opening without assistance, the smell of fresh brewed coffee every morning at 5 a.m., which sounds great. It does. Awful smells, which sounds bad. Mm. Cold spots in the middle of the summer, whispering, constantly feeling watched, birds nesting around the house, around their house, pecking their babies to death. What? The bird babies, not the human oh. babies. <laughs> toilets flushing on their own and voices emanating from the flushing toilets. What the fuck? Yeah. Now, I actually I was have... saying like, oh, feed shit. me, Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have some media to go along with this one so i have a foil file here labeled toilet talk and i'm gonna show it to you now in a second what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say now that like i fully believe that this family were experiencing some of what the weird shit that they were experiencing but i don't think i buy the toilet stuff right and i'll tell you for why i think some toilets just make weird noises Okay. Right. That's a fact. All right. We had our water shut off the other day, which was really annoying because I was going to go meet some new friends and I couldn't shower before I went. Yeah. But remember when the toilet was, when the water was coming back on, you would just hear like gurgling coming from the toilets. Yeah. But two, if they were hearing actual human voices, but only when it was flushing, I think they might have been hearing their neighbors. What? Yeah. I remember watching one of those prison reality shows uh, one time and the inmates were using their toilets to communicate with one another. Oh, remember this? I think so. I feel like fucking like Jay Leno. You remember this? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they would scoop out all the water and then stick their heads into the bowls and shout through the pipes. One couple in the TV show had actually met through the toilet. Um, and then it says show Dulce video in Black Hope folder. Yeah, I'll be talking on the toilet. It's fun, but it's better talking to the boys than these raggedy ass girls all the time. I remember. And so I didn't know anything. People were talking to you through the toilet, like really. Yeah. So to talk on the toilet bowl, you have to bail out, take all the water out, dump it in the sink. Oh my God, what is happening? Yeah, so anyway. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know if I'll actually be able to include that in this video because it's like Netflix. Did I ever tell you about the time? Oh, finish your thoughts, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say, but like. These people communicated through their toilet. Yeah. I thought it was funny that like some people were like, you know, using stuff to distance themselves from yeah. the toilet. And then other people were like, 
head in, in the, the ball. Toilet. Like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? Yeah. That's a that's an interesting theory, but that's like but that's assuming that the people that were using the toilet like you have to take the water out on both sides. I doubt they were taking water out of their toilets. I mean, yeah, that's fair enough, but I just when they said that it only ever happened when they flushed the toilet. Yeah. I was like, well, shit, I don't know. Maybe. Well, the other person has to empty their toilet bowl, too. Or is it At like the exact same connected time to that the fucking poop. kitchen sink somehow? I don't know. Yeah. You know I don't I mean? buy it. I don't buy all it. Right, all right. I'm just trying to take the skeptical side here, you know? Yeah. I don't buy what you're selling. <laughs> I'm not picking up what you're putting down, man. <laughs> Charles uh, Manson over here. <laughs> I rode in here on the spider. <laughs> But like I said, they do, I do think that they were experiencing some like legit spooky stuff. Yeah, but okay, before you go oh, on, the reason why I was telling... Did I ever tell you about the time that when I was working overnights that all the toilets went off at the same time? No. When I was passing by the... Yeah, so word on the street is um, my job is haunted. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, all the toilets in the store... All the toilets... <laughs> what the fuck? All the toilets. <laughs> All the toilets in the store are on one of the, are the, on those sensor thingies. Mm. So, you know, you know when you when you're done, you pull up your pants and sometimes before, during or after when you're moving around like buckling and stuff, the toilets go off. I think people and flush are familiar with Right. Okay, but um, just in case they're not, okay, all right. Okay. Anyways, some of them are a little sensitive. Sometimes when you, sometimes they won't even go. <laughs> sometimes they're a little sensitive. You just pass by a stall where the door is open, it'll just go off. Right. Right. Um, or like I'm washing my hands, and then a toilet behind me will just go off. Whatever. But like, they're not out in view. They're like in, they're in restrooms. Yeah. 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 So. I wasn't going into the restroom this time. It was like 12 o'clock at night when I had clocked in. And I was walking down the hallway, passing yeah. up the toilets. The doors were closed and they all went off at the same fucking time. That is weird. I wonder if there's some sort of timer on it. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think so. Like, you haven't flushed in three hours. Like, I don't know. That's interesting, though. Yeah. I think I would be freaked out by the toilet flusher. Like I said, I do think that they were experiencing some legitimately spooky stuff. Like, for example, on one occasion, they heard someone come in through the back door and footsteps coming down, up, coming up the hall to the bedroom where they were hanging out. It was just the granny and her granddaughter. They thought they had like a real life burglar. But I have had a very similar experience myself. Like, remember, I thought my dad came home and oh, like, yeah. went down to greet him yeah. and get like a cup of tea with him. Yeah. And there was just nobody and he there. he ghosted you. Literally. Yeah. You were ghosted. Yeah. <laughs> um, one evening, Ben came home just after midnight, after working a late shift, and he saw two shadowy figures who, quote, went backwards into the den. Fuck? Yeah. So I think they were just kind of gliding. Like moonwalking? Well, I don't. <laughs> yeah. The fuck? But like the TV show effects had them like, you know, kind of floating through the thing. So I don't know. It might just be getting that mixed up. But anyway, Ben followed them and they went down the hall to where Jean was sleeping. And when Ben got to the room, there was only one shadow 
and it was at the end of the bed, just appearing to watch Jean sleeping. So Ben fucking spear tackled that bitch. <laughs> Poor Jean. Yeah, the shadow, oh. not Jean. <laughs> but Ben dove through the shadow to protect Jean and described it as a sticky, cold sensation. Whoa. Yeah. The Williams were then struck with some of the absolute worst luck you can imagine, which they blamed all on the fact that they felt that they had desecrated the graves on their land, even though I don't think they had done anything other than, like, fill them in with soil. Mm. And even then, it was, like, nothing intentionally. Like, they were doing that even before they knew it was... Yeah. They were graves. But... I think in and around the same time, the Haney's moved in right across the street. And uh, in the video that we put out, I actually called these guys the Laney's, I think. But it's the Haney's, Sam and Judith. And the year after, I think in April of 1983, they decided that they were going to put a pool in their backyard. So I guess they were getting ready to start when an elderly man knocked on the door one day and told them that there was people buried right in their back garden. I'm not too sure who this old man was. This mysterious old man seems to keep like popping up every now and then. But Sam Haney started digging anyway. He had like a little mini excavator there. So he just hopped on there and sure enough, ended up coming across, quote, an actual human remains. Hmm. That is a quote from Sam. He said, an actual human remains. He called the sheriff and the county coroner and they confirmed that they were, in fact, an actual human remains. And there was a coffin beside the one that they had uncovered, but... They left it alone. They didn't touch it because the bones were so brittle that they were like mm. turning to powder. Mm -hmm. um, but they managed to get like 26 good uh, samples, I guess, like to test to see if they could like see who they belong to. Um, but the sheriff did give the Haney's the wedding rings off of the uncovered skeleton, which I heck? thought was a bit weird. Yeah, I guess he was like, well, I mean, it's on your property. It's technically your. Weird. Like, what am I going to do with them? You know? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> But the Haney's were understandably freaked out and they wanted to find out who these bodies, who these skeletons belonged to. They reached out to a fella called Jasper Norton, who is an older man who lives in the area, but seemingly not the old man that keeps knocking on people's doors <laughs> at just the right time. And saying, they moved the gravestones, yeah. <laughs> but not the bodies. Um, so Jasper had lived there for a very long time and had even worked as a grave digger at Black Hope. I'm not sure if Jasper was the one knocking on random doors um, in the first place or not. He was able to tell them that their backyard plots belonged to Charlie and Betty Thomas, who had died in the 30s. And then after this, similar to their neighbors across the road, strange things began happening to the Haney's. Again, I've no kind of timeline here. But one evening when Judith was home alone in the bathroom, she heard the sliding door open up and then who she thought was her husband say, what you doing? But when she went to check, the door was locked and there was absolutely nobody else in the house. Um, Whoa. Yeah. None of your business, creepo yeah. ghost. <laughs> it gets weirder, right? Like, this is genuinely one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. The following morning, she went to get her red shoes out of the closet and couldn't find them anywhere. The two of them looked all over, but couldn't find the shoes anywhere. Later that day, they found them outside on the graves in their back garden. Right. And this next bit is a bit too hard for, for me to believe. But in an almost movie like twist, it turned out that it was actually Betty Thomas's birthday. Whoa. I cannot confirm or deny this, but Sam felt like it was Charlie giving Betty a birthday present, which is lovely and sweet and all. But like, again, this is almost too good. <laughs> yeah. 
So the Haney's actually took the property developers to court and sued, basically saying that they'd been they hadn't been honest about the property. And um, what was it? Mental fucking harm had been like basically suing because they were traumatized. Yeah. Um, and the jury said, yeah, cool. Sounds legit. I would hate that. Uh, and ordered Purcell to pay the Haney's $142,000. But the judge overruled saying, you know, good Texan judge always standing up for the business. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 you're all fucking wrong. I'm taking over here. You guys have to pay the Purcell's legal fees now. And they were forced to pay 50 grand, which literally bankrupted them. And they ended up losing their house. Damn. Yeah. But back with the Williams family, though. And again, I can't say I agree with what these people concluded, but in a very short span of time, six of their close family were diagnosed with cancer. Three of them succumbed to their illness and the Williamses are like pretty cocksure that it was all because of the spirits whose bodies were buried in their backyard. I, th I feel like this in their grief, this is just, you know, an enemy to, to point the blame at kind of thing. Potentially. But they too decided to sue. And we're told that, like, look, unless you have proof that there is that there are bodies in your back garden, you have no case. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the judge overruled basically the Haney's saying, like, you technically have one plot here mm -hmm. that could have just been a random plot in all of Texas. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there saying that it's actually a graveyard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, no, we're not going to hold Purcell accountable for that. But if the Williamses also uncovered a plot or possibly more, then there was potential to For bring all of this back to court. Yeah. OK. With that, Jean went back home and decided that she would get proof. She started digging, but soon fell, but soon began to feel ill. And her daughter, Tina, took over. After about 30 minutes or so, Tina also started to feel sick. She was dizzy and lay down on the couch. But she continued to feel worse and eventually her dad had to call an ambulance. At just 30 years old, Tina had had a heart attack and died just two days later. What the fuck? Yeah. So another death that the Williams attributed to these supernatural forces or whatever. Wow. So I can understand why they would feel this way, but I honestly don't think that these were caused by supernatural forces. They were horrific tragedies, but to look at all of this with a skeptic eye, in the TV show, Jean herself was telling her plan and she reckoned she was going to be able to dig about two foot of a grave every day until she found a body. And that would be that. It was like, oh, simple as like I can dig graves. Speaking from personal experience, like I have had to dig holes for cables and cable containment. And like, trust me, like digging down two feet is way more intensive than you might think. Right. Because it's not just. Yeah, it is. Oh, here's like two little, like, you know, space in here. Like, you, anyway, there's way more to it than that. Yeah, I had to do that. Really? Yeah, I, I had to dig. A, I couldn't quite make it to six feet, but I did like three or four feet for a chief. Oh, well. So, yeah. So doing that and as well, it's going to be like a six foot wide or long fucking mm. trench. You know what I mean? Like, this is a lot of work. Like, add to that the fact that they're in the Texas heat. I genuinely think, like, unless you are close to marathon running stamina, this activity could cause a heart attack in a lot of ordinary people. Myself included, like, I wouldn't fucking sign up to do this. That being said, I'm not discounting 
some of the other paranormal activity, like the red shoes thing, for example. Mm-hmm. If that's true, that's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. And the doors opening, like a lot of people have had the same experience in this neighborhood. Mm. Now, a lot of locals think that the Haney's were just trying to like out there to try and get cash because they're saying, oh, they were already having money troubles. Mm. And then they tried to sue thinking like this would get them out of the hole. And then the, these people are also saying that they never really experienced experienced anything. And apparently those houses never produced any more strange phenomena. But... According to the internet, which always tells the truth, always tells the truth. The other locals have reported weird experiences. One resident's mother won't stay in his house after dark. Whoa. They were hanging out in the house one day and the door slammed shut, even though there was no breeze or anything. The same woman also reports seeing a black orb about the size of a quarter floating around the room and hearing a gruff man's voice, heavy breathe real close to her in the bathroom. She also says that when her granddaughter was just three years old, she told her mom, Mama, I saw that brown man and he tried to pick me up. Whoa. Yeah. Saying that this happened in the house, not just randomly on the street. Other neighbors have reported general poltergeist activity, honestly. But I want to wrap up this interview. <laughs> what the fuck? Where are you? <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I didn't even write interviewing it. <laughs> But I want to wrap up this episode. You're freestyling over here. Yeah. With one more update from our new friend, Reddit user elegant underscore ad underscore 2603, who I actually don't know their real name yet. Maybe after this, after they hear this episode, they'll be like, no, I'm done. And this is their update. This is not me talking anymore. So it seems I'm doing this every two weeks as things are happening and things have ramped up in the past week. There are some things that are pretty minor, and I can usually think of a plausible explanation. And if I can think of an explanation, it's not worth telling. Plus, in my stories, I will lead you in my thoughts trying to debunk. So here we go. This also involves my other property that I used to live in. So this is another long post. So we ended up telling a family member about what we've seen and heard so far at the house. This person doesn't really believe us, and that's fine. I understand not everyone will believe me on what's been happening at this house, but I don't think whatever's at my house has the same understanding. It now seems whenever this person comes over, activity starts. Hmm. That's like a cat that knows they don't, the person doesn't like them. Yeah, you're not wrong. One time my family member came to watch a show. We have one show we religiously watch every week and we were waiting for it to start. I was sitting at the dining room table eating my dinner and my wife and family member were in the kitchen chatting. Now across the kitchen is a utility slash laundry room. In there, it's kind of where we put the cat we own when we eat because that cat loves food. <laughs> and we'll swipe a pork chop off your plate. I'm speaking from experience Jesus here. That's <laughs> right. Our cats, they won't eat people food. No, they don't. They're not interested. Well, I mean, they like to smell it, but mm-hmm. that's it. While we're all chatting, the cat starts meowing. A minute later, the door handle starts turning. Now, logically, one would think the cat has learned how to turn the door handle. Here's the issue, though. The doorknob's around, and there's nothing for the cat to sit on to even get a grip of it if it could turn knobs. But Max, when he wants to go out to the garage, he does he hold. Like, he does. He knows it. how it works. He just doesn't <laughs> have thumbs. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
That means a cat would have to hang off the doorknob and swing its body while somehow holding the door. My family member blamed the cat, but it didn't make sense. I would have to have a talented cat, <laughs> but my cat is fat and happy. <laughs> I like how you put it. Happy. Fat and happy. Yeah. <laughs> As well. Same. Not fat and sad. Just fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too, bud. Me too. <laughs> On the same day, my daughter was playing with her toys while we were watching our TV show. After a while, the show ended and my wife and daughter went into the master and my family member and I stayed in the living room while watching a new program. Now, my daughter has a lot of electronic noise toys that will eventually shut off after you stop playing with them, usually five minutes after the last button was pushed. Anyways, my wife and daughter had been gone for over an hour. Suddenly, one of the toys just started going off over and over. It would not stop. I figured it would stop on its own, but it didn't. I eventually took out the batteries and it did stop. Now I understand nine times out of 10, a simple reboot will fix most electronics, but this one was odd. When I put in the same batteries, it didn't do it again. The following week, the family member came over and we were just hanging out, no TV or anything, just chatting. Suddenly the TV turned on, just the TV. Then it turned off. And then it came back on. You could hear the TV as it clicked on and off. Now I have one of those automation systems that makes my home a smart home. And the TV that turned on has a surround sound system. So the system would usually turn on multiple components to watch a program. Plus it's on a battery backup. So if the power would crash, I would have little time, a little time to watch TV. So there was this one remote for the whole system with other remotes in the attic. On top of that, I programmed these smart homes for a living and have access to the program. There was nothing in the logs that told the TV to turn on. Could it have been CEC or ARC that turned on the TV by accident? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I turned off all those features due to the type of system I have. So how does this TV turn on? The last part of this update comes from the other house that I'm running out. I was talking to my tenant in the middle of the conversation. She asked me if I knew if there was a need to redo windows. She told me that sometimes she feels cold in some rooms and some doors would slam. She claimed she thought it could be the wind. Now this house was built in 2019. When it came to the freeze of 2020 in Texas, we lost power for three days. The house stayed at 55 degrees at its coldest while it was in the single digits slash teens outside. So the house was well built. I hired a window guy just in case to make sure, and he said all looked good. I told her this, and she thought it was strange, and so did I. We've had a very warm summer here in Texas, and she started renting in July. Now, I live there, and the AC vents aren't on the doors, so the likelihood of its air conditioning closing doors is zero. It may explain the cold, but when I lived there, I really didn't experience uneven cooling. I won't discount it as a possibility due, this, due to the system now being close to five years old, but door slamming, I can't explain. So that's it. That was actually a really technical update. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. didn't remember that. I learned more about smart homes. Yeah. Than there I was a chunk to. of that that we actually cut out. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate him being that thorough with it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Because that, that whole update was like technical yeah. business, whereas the other ones Very, are like, yeah. I'm kind of getting these weird feelings and stuff like that. But that's it. Like he's still providing updates on Reddit. There's actually a fourth update that I didn't include because I figured 
Does it sound like a manual? No, that it actually is probably one of the freakier ones. Oh, then why didn't you include it? Because it came out just as I finished writing this last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. That's a sign. So I will tell it on Patreon. Oh. <laughs> or also you can just go to Reddit and check it out for yourself. <laughs> um, I'll actually, I'll leave the, the, the link for his Reddit page. Sure. Subreddit? In, yeah, whatever. In the show notes. So you can go and like read them all and check them out. But yeah, I'm kind of hoping that one day we'll be able to maybe meet up with Dan. If that is your real name. <laughs> maybe go have coffee or something and check out the house. Real name is Billy. <laughs> we will have a small vlog style video over on our Patreon. Uh, there's no music because I'm not paying for music on this. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, there is like also another short story that we got on the ground. It was really fun. I loved getting that. Like, oh, the guy in the gas station? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I told Stay him. Stay tuned. Guy in the gas station. Yeah. He was like, how do you know about this place? And I was like, ah, it's my job. <laughs> I felt like fucking Mulder or something. <laughs> um, nice. Anyway, here's a list of sources. Texas State Historical Association or TSHA.com. TerryReed.com law.justia.com which is funny because that was actually a source that I used on the Corpse World ones as well. Mm. They have a lot of uh, manuscripts and uh, like roundups of court cases. Summaries? Summaries, yeah. <laughs> Cron.com Wikitree, Wikipedia and Wikimapia RiseUpParanormal.com which actually just led me to some of the other uh, sources. But it's still worth mentioning. And then lastly, there was actually a family in Dallas that basically had the same story. Like the, the, their family members had been buried in a graveyard that was forgotten. They just happened to be former slaves as well. And when they were doing their like Ancestry.com or whatever, they found this out and the guy was able to trace them back and is now uh, working quite hard to like take care of the graves properly and get like real markers and all put out. So... I thought that was really cool. That is nice. Not everybody is as fortunate. Like when we went back home in August, we, my grandmother took me all around the graveyard or both of us. And I think we were able to see, there's that fucking mosquito from the video. <laughs> from the video? Yeah, you were trying to kill a mosquito in the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bastard followed us home. But no, like, so my grandmother was able to take us around and show us like where her grandmother is buried. And it's all in the same graveyard you know what i mean but i didn't realize how fortunate i was to, ha to be able to do that like just go back home and like there's literally all of your family history yeah in this one big fucking morbid square yeah don't forget to go check out my mothman t-shirt <laughs> uh 16 nation i will have it linked in the show notes and uh yeah use the code free creep and we'll provide updates as soon as you get our plushies. I'll probably be buying more of these t-shirts because they're pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah. And yeah. Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon to hear any updates going forward from Elegant Dad. Help or... me buy antibacterial soap so that I can wash the dead mosquitoes off my hands. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for doing all of that stuff. Please like, rate, review, all that kind of crap. Join our Patreon. Love you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be talking on the toilet. <laughs>